Brother Rick asked me how long I've been preaching here. I said, long enough you ought to be living better than what you are. <laughs> so I probably won't be back next year. Let's take our Bibles, if you will, and turn to 2 Kings and chapter number 4. I came to the conclusion that uh, Brother Cooper don't need any help in California. Looks like he's handling it pretty good. Do you enjoy that message on the blood? I was thinking, you know, I, somebody told me that uh, they've made a, some tennis shoes. They call them the devil's tennis shoes, and, and they put literal blood in it. Any of y'all saw that? Right? Yeah. And they made 900 pair. I said, I wish they'd make 9 million of them. The devil ain't never got into anything but what it didn't eventually magnify the Lord. One kiss that we ever know that he kissed and it saved the world. And he had no idea what it was going to do. You remember that, don't you? Judas kissed. If God ever does anything, there'll always be a little bit of devil in it. But understand, that's God's devil. He's in charge. So I enjoyed that. Praise the Lord for it. 2 Kings chapter number 4, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. I want to preach for just a few moments this morning on getting what you've got. Making room and space, margin, for what you already have. I had an old fellow that worked on small engines in North Carolina talking to him one day and in that mountain brogue with a big chew of tobacco in his mouth he said preacher I think I've found out how to be a millionaire <laughs> I said well I'm interested in that how, 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 how's that come about spit real big He said, well, I figure the first thing you got to do is get a million dollars. Well, I want to say to you, life is not to be lived off of what you think you're going to get. It's to be exercised in what you've got. And have you ever thought about what you've already got? First Peter, chapter number, Second Peter, is it chapter number one? I'm going to read a verse or two there to you to emphasize what we got. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things. Sounds like you already got it. That pertain unto life and godliness. We're going to notice this young widow, the tragedy of her husband who's a prophet passing from the scene. She goes to Elisha because she has a need. Let's look at it. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest 
that thy servant did fear the Lord. The creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? In other words, what have you got? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. And then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me a yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Have you taken out time to realize what you've got. If you've got Christ, you've got it all already. You've got salvation. You've got grace. You've got peace. You've got his love. You've got his promises. You've got eternal life. You've got heaven. I wonder what else could you need. I want us to look down through this passage. Didn't even bother to outline it. I just got a few thoughts. And I want us to see this matter of making room for what you've got. The first thing that leaped out to me is that this woman in her circumstance and situation that is dire goes to get, she's wanting help. And she thinks that the best place to get it is where the man of God is. She goes to get, but what she doesn't realize is she's going to get what she's already got. She does not have to get it, it's already there. She, no doubt, did not realize her estimation of it was very minimal. She said she had nothing. She had not been able to see the depth of what was in that pot of oil. She couldn't because she didn't have a need for it. So she has pursued now to get what she's already got. Thank God the preacher had enough intuition 
to realize that it was not up to him to meet her need. If he were to take up an offering and give it to her, it would not have been sufficient. The only thing that he could have done with a $20 bill or a $100 bill would have been to have blinded her to what she already had. So God wants her to be able to realize it. She's going to get what she's already got. Did I tell you, you already have it. I noticed that as a result of that, she realizes what she's got will meet every need that she has. And that little bit of oil would come the bountiful supply that God wanted her to have for her need. Can I suggest to you that every need that you will ever have will directly or indirectly be connected to something you've already got. God has put it there to meet that need. I was thinking about many years ago, the wife and I had not been married long, rented a little place in the mountains of North Carolina with the agreement that we would pay low rent and promise to fix anything that broke. Don't ever do that. <laughs> First thing that broke was the faucet. We didn't have any money, but there was a general store there, Joe House. That was before Walmart, and it was better than Walmart. If you needed it, he could find it. I realized by going in and out of there a time or two, though I was not acquainted with him, that you could buy things on credit, pay for it at the end of the month. So I went down there and I went in, introduced myself, told Joe that I'd just moved in down the road. And I said, my faucet is broke and I was just wondering if I could get one on credit. He didn't know me and I'm sure he had been had many times. So he began to milk his chin before he made his decision. Meanwhile, right there in the store close to to us was a man I did not know. He was stocking the shelves. Later found out he's the one that did all the ordering and all of the running of the store for Joe. Later got saved at my church. Jim Rose was his name. He spoke up right there and he said, Joe, that's a preacher right there, a young preacher. And I did not use the preacher card, never do. He said, uh, He'll pay for that, and if he don't, I will. Let him have it. I went home with a faucet. But what I didn't realize is that there was something that I already had that got me the faucet. God had called me to preach after he saved me. Put preach inside of me. Got to that little town called Spruce Pine. First thing I wanted to do is preach. So I just went downtown Spruce Pine. 
All 30 of the people there were walking the streets. I thought, well, I'm going to preach to them. And I got up and I began to quote John 3.16. I didn't know that Jim Rose was down there sitting in his car at that time and heard me preach. Can I say to you what God did for me as a 14-year-old boy when he saved me was enough to get me a faucet. What God did when he filled me with the Holy Ghost at 16 years old was enough to get me a faucet. What God did when he put preaching to me, I already had, thank God, that which would meet the need that would arise. Can I tell you, you've got enough. You've already got enough to meet whatever need that may come your way in this old world. The apostle Paul had the thorn in the flesh that afflicted him. Prayed about it three times. He said, oh God, I got a thorn. And God began to say back to him what he already had that would take care of the thorn. Paul said, Lord, I got a thorn. He said, Paul, grace. He said, but Lord, I got a thorn. He said, but Paul, grace. Said, Lord, this thorns. He said, Paul, my grace. You already got what'll take care of the thorn. I'm glad in what God has planted in us and given us from his word, from his spirit, from his grace, from his blood, from his mercy will be more than enough on a spiritual level and a physical level. She goes to get, thank God, what she's already got and she finds out what she's got. Yes. We'll take care of the need. Through those divine workings in your heart and those divine connections that are all around you, God has already set you up for what you will ever face to meet that need. Aren't you glad to realize it's not what you're going to get, it's what you already got. <laughs> she goes to get what she's got. She realizes is what she's got meets every need. But then I realize that it took the need for her to realize what she's got. God allowing the circumstance and situation. And sometimes they are very painful and very hurtful. But what he is doing is through the need, he's driving you back to what you've got. She would have never known what was in that little pot of oil. She would have never experienced what came out of that little pot of oil. She would have never been able to know what God could do in her deep, dark circumstances except the need had arisen. Every time there is a need, stop and say, God, where are you? You've already shown me what I've got to meet this need. How amazed she must have been after she shared her heart with the prophet 
And he said unto her, what do you got? And once she realizes what she's got, thank God, she realizes it because of what her need was. Now I know we're doing a lot of belly aching about what's coming our way in America and it's coming. And it ain't going to be good as far as this old world is concerned. But I'm going to tell you what God's going to use it for is to awaken the church to what you've got. We've been coasting all these years. We've been getting by with our little bit of prayer, our little bit of faith. But I'm going to tell you something. The day's going to come when you're going to realize what you've got in faith and what you've got in prayer and what you've got in the spirit that you've needed. I mean, you really, really need. But thank God you'll have it. She goes to get what she's already got. Realizes what she's got is going to meet every need, but it has to be revealed through the needs for her to realize what she's got. Well, let me just throw this in as an addendum. It is this truth that we see once she realizes what she's got, she's really got more than she thought she had. Man, you got more than what you think you've got. Now, I know these gets and gots are not good grammar. But I do know my grammar because I was taught in the state of higher learning, West Virginia. The three R's of education in West Virginia is reading, writing, and Route 77. But what I want you to understand, it just seems to magnify how much she really has in spite of the need. Have you looked at it there? It leaped out. Her husband has passed off the scene and left a debt. He didn't intend to. He passed away and that was what was left. But I want to tell you something that he did implant in them and that was a connection to the things of God. The greatest thing you can leave a wife or leave a husband or leave your children is a connection to the things of God. A connection, oh, I'm talking about a foundation of the Word of God, a foundation of the Spirit of God, a foundation of the things of God. When this fell apart, she said to her boys, I know where we're going. We're going to the man of God. She had a good foundation. Aren't you glad God has surrounded you with those who know the truth that can aid in pointing you toward what you got? She's not only got a good foundation, she must have had a lot of friends. In those days, vessels, pots, and things of that sort were very precious to the individual. You couldn't go to Walmart and buy them. You needed them for all the different sorts of uh, details, the duties that you had about the house. You didn't release those to just anybody. But she comes by, he says, borrow vessels, not a few. 
knocks on those doors and evidently they were willing to dispose to her, to give to her that which was so precious. Which seems to me to say they must have thought a lot of her, must have had some good friends. Aren't you glad for those that God has put in your life? Those that will come to your aid when you are in need. Those who truly, genuinely love you. Those who really pray for you. Those who will give when you are in need. Thank God, thank God for your friends. For your foundation. Thank God for what he has given you. You got more than what you think you have. But I noticed that she's got two boys that go through this with her. Those two sons are active, playing a role in the midst of finding out. They're finding out what she's found out, and that's what they've got from the Lord. And they're carrying the vessels to her as she's pouring the oil. They're witnessing heaven on earth. They're seeing the evidence of what they've got. How precious it is not only to serve the Lord yourself, but to be able to serve the Lord with a precious wife as I have and to be able to serve the Lord with your children and to see your grandchildren. Thank God for those in the family that are interested in what they've got as you are what you've got. The family. Greatest thing the Lord could ever give you is your faith. And she's got faith. You say, well, now, preacher, how do you know she's got faith? I'll tell you how I know. It took faith for her to believe what the man of God had to say. To go to that cabinet and grab that little pot of oil and even have the audacity to turn it to fill the first vessel, let alone all the other vessels. But it was faith that filled every one of them out of what... She had enough faith to believe that God could take something little and do something big with it. There are some things in your life that have been overlooked that you hadn't paid any attention to. You haven't even used it. And it may seem insignificant, but honey, when the need arises, it's amazing how much you can pour out of what seems to be so small. It will amaze you what can God can bring out of the minimum. I tell you, when you need something major in your life, She goes to get what she's got, finds out that what she's got will meet every need and and, uh, and thank God she needed the need to realize what she's got. Now look down with me in verse number seven. Getting what you got. Notice what he said to her. Then... She came and told the man of God and said, he said, go sell the oil. In other words, he said, sister, there's a market for what you've got. (laughs) There is a demand for what you have. 
Isn't it wonderful to realize that others need what God has given you and it gives you a purpose? Now, I don't know how they found out about this, possibly because she borrowed the pots and pans. I don't know if she had the audacity at that time to tell her what was going to come out of so little. Or it may have been like Noah, the Lord just sent them all there. But one knock on the door after the other said, ma'am, I don't know why I'm asking you this, but we need some oil in the worst of ways. Do you have any? She said, oh, yeah. You come to the right place. I, if I've got anything, I've got oil. Well, I don't know if you can feel the vessel. Oh, yeah, we already got one that size that's filled. We know that we can feel. And the blessed thing is she's able to pour out and pour out and feel and feel and feel, not only to meet her needs, but to meet others' needs. The reason why God's already given you what you've got is because there's a world around you that needs it. They need what God, I'm going to tell you, this world needs what only the church has got because God gave it to us. I tell young men when they come to me and say, well, how do I know if I'm called to preach? I said, well, it's very simple. She'll come to you the church, and she'll say, I need you. Isn't that amazing? Never had heard, never read one verse of the Bible, wasn't raised in a Christian home with a drunken father without a mother, didn't know anything about church, anything about the gospel. But I want to report to you, God saved me as a 14-year-old boy. Put the Holy Ghost in me and put preach down inside of me when I didn't even know what the word preach meant. And you say, well, how did that work? I tell you how it worked. It wasn't long, hadn't been saved long until they come to me as a six-year-old boy and said, how about you teaching Sunday school? I said, me? And then it wasn't long till these churches would come to him and say, how about you preaching for me? I said, me? They saw what I didn't even see. They was preaching there. God had put it in there. When I went into evangelism, I fought God tooth and nail. I said, Lord, I can't preach good enough. You know that for preachers to have me every week or every week because I'm not that good a preacher. He said, I know that. But I won't tell them. But I said what I will not do is call anybody and tell them because I hoped if they hadn't heard, I wouldn't have to go. But I'm here to tell you for 21 years, the phone has rang. I have never called anybody. I say this to the I'm saying this for your purpose. When God puts something in you, you'll know it because somebody else will be begging for it. <laughs> and you'll get the phone call Brother Randy and they'll say Brother Randy you're the man we've done prayed about it we've got to have you would you come would you they get that would you come and preach and I say thank you Lord for what I've got that somebody else needs 
getting what you got. And I'm here to tell you, for 52 years in Christ, everything I've needed has come out of what I already had. Through the connections of grace, through the connections of the Spirit, through the connections of His Word, through the connections of His people, everything you're looking at came out of what I already had. I can't wait to see what else is coming in that direction. But I've already got what I'll meet every need. I already got it. got that prayers somebody needs. You got that heart full of love somebody needs. You got that heart full of grace. But God wants you to know how deep that well is so you can go to pouring it out because somebody needs it. Oh, when I get the phone call, my heart just, I said, oh, Lord, they need me. Because of what I got that you put in there. If you get what you got, you ain't got room for anything else. Huh? It's a good thing you didn't send nothing back with her. She wouldn't have room for it. The room, I mean, the whole house is stocked full. I mean, everywhere, on the kitchen, on the sink, in the bedrooms, everywhere. They're placing not a few. So I'm sure glad that preacher didn't give me nothing. I wouldn't have no place to put it. Huh? Already full of what I got. Did you notice what she got out of what she had? Go sell the oil and pay the debt. They're set free. Your freedom ain't going to be off of what you're going to get. It's off of what you got. Folks talk about eternal life like it's going to be something out there in the future. If you ain't got it, you ain't going to get it. Somebody said, I can't wait to get to heaven, honey. If you ain't been there, you ain't going. Heaven's in you. He put it in you. When God saved you, he put all of himself, all of his son, all of the Holy Ghost, all everything. He put the whole package in you. It's all there. They ain't no more eternal than what abides in that heart. I got it. It ain't a matter of you getting, it's a matter of you realizing what you got coming to Revelation. Look what I had all the time. Real rejoicing in the Holy Ghost ain't rejoicing about what you got tomorrow, what's coming tomorrow. It's what you know you already got that's going to take care of all your tomorrows. Just get what you got. It'll be more than enough. They said, while you've been saving up all, 
have you hit an oil well somewhere? She said, actually, I just had a little bit in the cupboard. I just found out what was in what I had. Now I realize I got enough not only for me, but everybody else. I get to cross the country week after week after week, pouring out. What a God. Pouring out. What a God. Pay your debt. But I like this next one. He said, then live. You ever hear, hear a man say, I've said it myself. We use this little phrase. If a man had, here's what he'd do. Well, that's the reason why you ain't going to do nothing. You ain't got it. Huh? <laughs> God never intended you on living off of what you're going to get. He intended you embracing and making room. And you'll have to make room. Once you find out what you've got, you're going to have to clear out space. Start living day by day, realizing what you got in him, what you got in Calvary, what you got. side of the desert working for his father-in-law. That probably wasn't too good, but he did. The Lord showed up to him in that bush. He said, now Moses, it's time to move. We're going to go down in there and we're going to deliver. I hear the cries of my children. We're going to bring them out. Moses said, well, I can't even speak the language anymore. Let's suppose that Pharaoh won't turn them loose. And what if the people won't hear me? How am I going to do that? And the Lord said, Moses, what do you got in your hand? What is that in your hand? What do you got? He didn't realize that that stick that he may have picked up 40 years ago and whittled it out to, to prod sheep and run off wild animals and to walk up a jagged rocks. He didn't realize that that dead stick was going to be all he'd ever need. If he's going to split the Red Sea, raise the rod. You got it. If he's going to break, cause a plague, raise the rod. You got it. Moses, what you got? You got it, boy. You got it. Well, Jacob spent 93 years trying to get what he already had. Lying, cheating, and stealing. As God had told his mama while they were both in, this, in the womb, he and Esau, the elder shall serve the younger. Jacob, don't try to get what you already got. It's already yours. 
cars. Children, don't run around like a chicken with your head. Trying to get. Stop and rest in what you've already got. Preaching in Greenville, North Carolina many years ago as a young preacher. That night, the pastor said to me, Brother Daniel, we're going to go eat at a family's house. Wonderful family. Been members here for years. But he said, I want to tell you ahead of time that the man of the house has got it in his head that he's going to win the Reader's Digest sweepstakes, $3 million. See, he's a stable man, but he feels like the Lord's going to let him. And he said, I know he's going to tell you that. He thinks he's going to get it. I mean, get it. You understand? Get it. So we went and ate a sumptuous meal and was a, a fine family. He seemed to be very normal. He finished up and he pushed back from the table. He said, Brother Dana, there's something I need to tell you. I said, okay. He said, I believe the Lord's going to let me win the Reader's Digest sweepstakes. Three million dollars. And he said, when I get that, when I get that, I'm going to pay the church debt off. When I get that, we, we take on mission. We're going to take on, when I get it, when I get it, we're going to take on missionaries. And he said, you know, I like your preaching. When I get that, I'm going to give you $30,000 and buy you a new car when I get it. And then he paused and he said, the only thing I want you to do is pray for me that I'll win the Reader's Digest sweepstakes, $3 million. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> Sitting right at his table, I couldn't help it. I said, sir, if I had faith enough to believe that I could pray and you would win the Reader's Digest sweepstakes, Three million dollars, I wouldn't pray for you. He said, Why well, should I pray for me? I mean, why don't I want 30,000 when I can have the whole three million? It's awful easy to try to do on what you ain't got. Living off of what you think you're going to get. Wasting everything you got on what you think you're going to get. The greatest discovery you'll ever make in life is not what you're going to get, but what you've already got. Because, honey, they'll come. I want you to know they'll come out of that great volumes that can minister to you and everybody else. And it'll keep coming out of what you got. about an old timer that lived on the farm. They sold the land across the road and made a housing development out of it. Built a bunch of houses in there. They finished the one just across the road and he watched as the family moved in. And they moved in, of course, the furniture, refrigerator, stove, TVs, 
everything for the inside. Then they began to pull in the cars and the jeep and the boat and the jet skis. And they just kept on moving. Filled that place up over there. When the guy got moved in, the old man just waddled across, introduced himself, welcomed him to the neighborhood. He said, sir, I've come over here to tell you that if you ever need anything, I mean, if you ever need anything, are you listening? If you ever need anything, if you'll come on over to my house, I'll show you how to live without it. And I want to tell you something, there's a whole lot of things you can live without. But you can live off of what God has already given you. You can live off what? Are you hearing me? I don't care what age you are. I don't care what your circumstances, I don't care what. You can live off of what you've already I guess many of you men have read the book. Anybody read Acres of Diamonds? Raise your hand. Acres of Diamonds. The writer says it's a true story. When they first discovered diamonds in South Africa, the fellow owned a little farm there and just never could get anything going, working himself to death. And what he decided was he'd sell this farm and He'd go out and make investments to where he could make some money and really live. He did so. As the story is written, he went out and invested in all different types of things as an entrepreneur, but lost out on everything and died broke. Meanwhile, back there on that little farm, the folks that bought it had a few kids. And they'd go out there and play in some wet sand out there in the backyard. And they began to dig up some stuff that sort of looked like crystal, real shiny. They just thought it was some kind of fancy rock or stone. They'd take it in the house and compete as to who would get the biggest stone. As it was, a salesman came through Notice, though he didn't deal in diamonds, notice these stones on the mantle. Said, what, what, what is this? They said, well, the kids just bring them in. They compete over different sizes. He said, if I'm not mistaken, those look like real diamonds. Oh, no, no, I don't think so. They took them and, of course, had them examined. And there were acres of diamonds on that land. But the note of it is, here is a guy that sold everything he had to get and didn't realize what he's got. Hey, children, don't wait in line for the lottery. You already got what you need. You're already connected. 
you're already connected. In one way or another, you're already connected to what you've got that'll meet, are you hearing me? Every need. Making room. Clear out some space to get 